Praise the Lord. We welcome you all to our live broadcast this Sunday, August 29, 2021. Shall we pray? Our Father and our God, thank you for today. Thank you for your children all over the world. Thank you for all who continue to uphold the gospel, who continue to contend for the faith once for all delivered to the saints. We thank you because it's your blessing to your church to have faithful witnesses all over the world. Father, we are praying that through all these with faithful witnesses, Lord, when they speak your word, Lord, let it go with power. Let your power flow to reach others, to break the yokes in the lives of people and set the captives free. In the name of the Lord Jesus, Jesus Christ, Amen. we give you the praise and honor. Welcome, Holy Spirit. Speak through us and reach your people and bless them as they listen and watch in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Our instrumental taken from Abraham Brassi again. May the Lord continue to bless him and his family. The Clash of the Kingdom series. That's where continuing. Today we are on item four. Why it is difficult to enter the kingdom of God. Why is it difficult? We're going to explore this topic today. So that topic. My kingdom is not of this world is the outline. First, second will be why it is difficult to enter the kingdom of God. So let's start with the first one. My kingdom is not of this world, said the Lord. I'm going to use two incidents during the last earthly ministry to highlight that the kingdoms of the world, or the world, and the kingdom of God or heaven are diametrically opposed to each other. They have nothing in common. Their values are as different as light is to darkness. So let us look at the first one, the Lord's Prayer to the Father for his followers in John chapter 17. Shall we read, please? John chapter 17, verses 14 to 18. I have given them your word, and the world hates them because they do not belong to the world just as I do not belong to the world. I'm not asking you to take them out of the world, but to keep them safe from the evil one. They do not belong to this world any more than I do. Make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is truth. Just as you sent me into the world, I am sending them into the world. Praise the Lord. The Lord said, if you're really a child of God, you don't belong to the world. You don't belong to the worldly kingdoms. You are just a pilgrim. You are an ambassador from heaven. Always have that at the back of your mind as we explore this topic today. In the second incident was when the Lord confronted the Roman power which was actually the world power of his day. He confronted Pilate 
who was the ruler of Judea, but working for the emperor in Rome. Let's read the scripture, please. John chapter 18, verses 33 to 37. Then Pilate went back into his headquarters and called for Jesus to be brought to him. Are you the king of the Jews? He asked him. Jesus replied, Is this your own question or did others tell you about me? Am I a Jew? Pilate retorted. Your own people and... Your own people and their leading priests brought you to me for trial. Why? What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not an earthly kingdom. If it were, my followers would fight to keep me from being handed over to the Jewish leaders. But my kingdom is not of this world. Pilate said, So you are a king? Jesus responded, You say I am a king. Actually, I was born and came into the world to testify to the truth. All who love the truth recognize that what I say is true. Praise the Lord. In verse 36, my kingdom is not an earthly kingdom. But my kingdom is not of this world, the Lord declares so several times in the scriptures. My kingdom is not an earthly kingdom. But what most of us have done today is to conflict. To put the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of earth as the same. That's the origin of the prosperity messages you hear in your churches. Which is why it is difficult to enter the kingdom of God. Next topic. Why so many are headed to Christless eternity and simply make a U-turn? And why this ministry is here to alert? We're all walking for the same. That's we're all struggling to enter. Nobody has entered yet. But there are some things we must know. That it is difficult to enter the kingdom of God. Many are invited, but very few are chosen. So said the Lord. I didn't say so. Next scripture, please. Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 to 14. You can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad, and its gate is wide for the many who choose that way. But the gateway to life is very narrow, and the road is difficult, and only a few ever find it. Praise the Lord. Seriously, do you think the Lord was addressing the world? No. He was addressing the believers. He was addressing his disciples. He was addressing you and I who have been called, who have been invited. He's telling you and I that the only way we will ever inherit eternal life is if we seek and find a narrow gate. Because the world with this highway is waiting to snatch. His gate is so wide. So the question would be why? And everybody is going towards there. The billions who say they're Christians are running to that gate. Because it's difficult the other way around. The opposite way is very difficult. The Lord said the gateway to life is very narrow. And it's difficult. And only a few. Look at that. 
So of the 1.3 something billion who are believers or who say they are Christians today, the Lord is saying only very few among them will ever find it. Please, this is a warning to me, to everybody who hears this message. The road is narrow. He's not talking of unbelievers. He's talking to those who have believed. Only unbelievers read the Bible anyway. Only, I mean, only believers read the Bible. Unbelievers are reading to find something why they won't believe. But believers say they have believed. He's addressing you. You cannot go into the kingdom of God by the broad way, but through the what? Difficult path. See, the kingdoms of the world admit everybody. They are always welcoming. They have so many things to entice. So many nice things to entice the flesh. That's why your prosperity pastors have millions following them. They give you messages that make you feel good. But you are on the highway to hell. If you have hear this message today and you fail to broadcast it to others, whatever happens to them is yours. It's yours, not mine. Because the road to destruction is very visible. It's in the very big cathedrals, in the very big announcements they make every, every day. It's in your televisions inviting you, telling you how much millions you stand to make if you just but come and pay this money or give, do this seed offering. That is what I'm talking about. It's coming out from those jet-owning pastors announcing how they made money, when it's money they collected from you. How God has blessed them. Not knowing that they have called you into giving them that. And you are responsible for their sin because you have contributed to it. The path to the kingdom of God is very hard to find. He has invited us, yes, but it's very hard to find. You have to look for it. You must search vigorously because it has demands that appear to be very hard on the surface. But in reality, those demands are not very hard. If you focus on the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, if you allow Him to carry you, then you'll be there. But if you want to do it on your own strength, you are never going to find it and you're never going to make it. Let's up, please. Matthew chapter 6, verse 24. No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Praise the Lord. These are all from the lips of the Lord Jesus Christ. Who again is he telling? His followers. He's not talking to unbelievers. He's telling you and I that money and wealth beckons on the highway to hell. It is so attractive because it can buy you all the good things of life. That's why worldly prosperity preachers and teachers tapped into it. They are not doing the bidding of the kingdom of God. They are doing the bidding of the kingdom of darkness whether they are aware of it or not. I want you to repeat that to yourself and to your pastor who preaches prosperity every second. No one can serve two masters. Either you serve money or you serve God. So every time when it is offering time, blessing time, 
Every time when they pass it for one building project or the other, every time when there's always money, 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 money in the service, they are not promoting the kingdom of heaven. They are promoting the kingdom of darkness. Whether they know it or not is not important. The point is you hearing my voice. That is the truth. And those who love such messages, that goes to you now, hearing me, because I love you. Or you defend it. You are rebellious. And you are enemies of the gospel of Christ. And you stand in danger of losing your souls. I'm no better than anybody. But I'm a man peace to deliver a message to the truth of the nations. And I will not relent. Praise the Lord. Next scripture, please. Mark chapter 10, verses 22 to 30. At this, the man's face fell, and he went away sad, for he had many possessions. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. This amazed them. But Jesus said again, Dear children, it is very hard to enter the kingdom of God. In fact, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle and for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were astounded. Then who in the world can be saved, they asked. Jesus looked at them intently and said, Humanly speaking, it is impossible, but not with God. Everything is possible with God. Then Peter began to speak up. We've given up everything to follow you, he said. Yes, Jesus replied, and I assure you that everyone who has given up house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or property for my sake and for the good news will receive now in return a hundred times as many houses, brothers, sisters, mothers, children and property along with persecution. And in the world to come, that person will have eternal life. Praise the Lord. When they quote this scripture to you, verse 30, they tell you about a hundredfold return. But they don't talk about along with persecution. And the brothers and sisters is talking about. Are you hearing me? I'm hearing you. I've not seen many of you. I don't know who you are. But you're my brother, you're my sister. You are interceding for me, I'm interceding for you. So I have more brothers and sisters than I ever had in my Italy with uh, in my in my father's house. If I come to you and you are brother or sister, I'm sure you can receive me and my wife in your house and entertain us because we're children of God. But that's not why I brought this scripture. I'm going to look at Mark 10:24. I'm picking verse 24 from it, and I'm going to read out the verses for you. Display it on the board, please. Yes. In Mark chapter 10, 24, the New International Version said, the disciples were amazed at his words. Then Jesus said, children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. But the New King James Version, and also the King James Version, says, and the disciples were astonished at his words. But Jesus answered again and said to them, Children, how hard it is for those who trust in riches to enter the kingdom of God. A lot of people have seized on this translation that is not 
accorded correct scholarship. It is only those who trust in riches. That's not what that verse in true exegesis means. It means exactly what the New International Version says. How hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. There's no qualifier to it. Whether you are poor or rich, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. Because some other place you say, only those who do the will of my father. So if somebody is rich and does the will of God, he's going to heaven. If somebody is poor and doesn't do the will of God, he's going to hell. Period. So now, look at it. That's what the New King James Version has been doing all the years. People use it and go, oh, no, 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 we're not trusting our riches. No. Poor man will enter hell. Rich man will enter hell. Poor man will enter heaven. Rich man will enter heaven. That's not the point. Let's look at other translations. The New Living Translation says, This amazed them. But Jesus said again, Dear children, it is very hard to enter the kingdom of God. And the New Revised Standard Version says, And the disciples were perplexed at these words. But Jesus said to them again, Children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. There are no qualifiers. Poor man, poor woman, rich man, rich woman can enter, go to hell or heaven. The qualifier is not what you have. It is whom are you serving? Whom are you serving? Who is your first love? If your poverty is your first love, because some people may love poverty. And then that's the problem. So I want you to take something from here today. That the Lord is saying it is difficult to enter the kingdom of God. If you accept that premise, it becomes very easy for you and I to continue. Next scripture, please. Luke chapter 12, verses 15 to 23. Then he said, Beware, guard against every kind of greed. Life is not measured by how much you own. Then he told them a story. A rich man had a fertile farm that produced fine crops. He said to himself, what should I do? I don't have room for all my crops. Then he said, I know. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. Then I'll have room enough to store all my wheat and other goods. And I'll sit back and say to myself, my friend, you have enough stored away for years to come. Now take it easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, You fool, you will die this very night. Then who will get everything you worked for? Yes, a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth, but not have a rich relationship with God. Then, turning to his disciples, Jesus said, That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life whether you have enough food to eat or enough clothes to wear, for life is more than food and your body more than clothing. Praise the Lord. Verse 15, the Lord said, Beware to you, to me. God against every kind of greed. The poor man can be greedy. The rich man can be greedy. The rich man may not be greedy. And a poor woman may not be greedy. 
Life is not measured by how much you own, whether poor or rich or in between. Note that. Beware. Guard against every kind of greed. Because when you are greedy, you expose yourself to all sorts of temptations and harm and hurt. The Lord told us in verse 22, do not worry about everyday life. Don't spend time bemoaning your poverty. And don't spend time admiring your riches. What is important is what? Verse 21. Having a rich relationship with God. That's the key. Poor or rich, or in between. Do you have a rich relationship with God? How can you have a rich relationship with God if you are not studying the scriptures? If you are not devoting yourself to knowing who God is and what he's saying, and you are depending on somebody to tell you who God is, what his word says. When he came in the cool of the garden to have fellowship with Adam, what do you think he was doing? God created you and I for relationship. He doesn't need intermediaries. Stop depending on your church elders and leaders. Go into your closet and read your Bible. Let him speak to you. If you don't have a rich relationship with God, whether poor or rich or in between, you've got a problem. That's what I'm trying to emphasize here. Because except you have a rich relationship with him, you will not find the road to that narrow road. And the Holy Spirit will not be there beckoning, showing you, guiding you every step of the way because you are disobedient. Study to show yourself approved, a workman or woman who is not ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Because God is pleased with such. That's the problem we have today. In this instant coffee, instant Instagram generation, where everything is, is, a, is a lie. Go and study the Bible. Read it yourself. In whatever language that you speak. That's the only way to build a relationship with God. Not by because you attend church or you hear someone. No. When we are telling you, we are encouraging you to go and do exactly that. And when you do, you find out what we are telling you is true. We're encouraging you because that's how the Lord enabled us to grow. We also want you to have that relationship with Him directly so that it can also help others have the same relationship. Let's up, please. Matthew chapter 18. Verses 3 and 4. Then he said, I tell you the truth, unless you turn away from your sins and become like little children, you will never get into the kingdom of heaven. So anyone who becomes as humble as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Praise the Lord. Do you know why he said, think about children. One year, two year olds. They love hearing stories. They trust the adult who is telling them the story. They're not questioning. Why? Because little children don't understand what it is to be proud. So God is saying, you have to be like a little child. You have to be humble. Because if you're not humble, God says, I resist the proud. And my grace is only with the humble. Because if you don't have humility, you cannot be teachable. And I will posit, or I will, I, will, I will assert 
that being unteachable is at the heart of apostasy in Christianity. Both the leaders and the led are unteachable. Young men and women hearing my voice or watching me, you are even worse than my generation. You don't want to be taught. You don't want to learn. You don't want to learn. You want it delivered to you on a platter. You follow all these pop stars or whatever they call them these days, I don't know. We call them pop stars in my day. And you want to be like them. Celebrities. Oh, celebrities. You want to be like them? You don't want to walk. You belong to what they call in Africa the Yahoo generation. You want to become rich overnight. True words never sprung overnight. God gave you skills to use. If only you can apply yourself to those skills, utilize them, you will be able to make a living for yourself and be able to devote time to study the scriptures. And not hoping to be given one post somewhere to be a pastor that you didn't train for. And you expect God to speak to you. No. You'll only be reading the Bible that your geo tells you to read the verses so you can use it to tell people. And it's always about returns. How much you are bringing from the outpost. That's the only way you can keep your job. So you begin to employ means and situations that are not biblical in order to encourage people to come to your church. Your church, remember, is not Christ's church. Because you refuse to be humble. I have known many of you. I know some of you. And I plead and I pray if you do hear my voice or watch this broadcast. I am saying today, repent. He may have called you to a ministry where you may minister to millions tomorrow. But first, repent. Be humble enough to learn. Try and learn from those who have gone before you, who have experience, and who are not asking anything from you. They want to give you the words of eternal life so you can give it to other people. When you are humble, you will listen and you will learn. That's why the Lord used a child or children to epitomize that attitude we must have in order to learn. Stop thinking you are going to be a geo of your big denomination. Next scripture, please. Matthew chapter 13, verses 44 to 46. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that a man discovered hidden in a field. In his excitement, he hid it again and sold everything he owned to get enough money to buy the field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant on the lookout for choice pearls. When he discovered a pearl of great value, he sold everything he owned and bought it. Praise the Lord. This is the key to a right relationship with God. Repeat to yourself, this is the key to a right relationship with God. Your all must be to Him. Your desires must be to Him. The person got the most costly pearl is all for Him. All for God's glory, not for your glory. Because nothing compares between this world and heaven. That's why those analogies were made. A pearl of great value. 
a treasure in a field. Yes. Because he's comparing those things. That's the kingdom of God must be you must hunger for it. You must have a hunger that lies like no other hunger. Because nothing compares between the kingdom of the world and the kingdom of heaven. You and I have to choose one or the other. You can't straddle, I can't straddle, I can't straddle here and there. It's one or the other. And where your heart is, is exactly the one you have chosen. God didn't promise us worldly prosperity. Tell yourself that God did not promise us worldly prosperity. Say it again. God did not promise me worldly prosperity. Rather, he promised eternal life for those who accepted his invitation and continue to do the things he has commanded up and until the very end of their life on earth. Let me repeat. God didn't promise you and I worldly prosperity. The Lord didn't come from heaven so that you and I will become rich in this world. Those who preach that are, the, are agents of darkness. Rather, he promised you and I eternal life. If we accept his invitation, number one, accepting Christ our Lord and Savior, and continue to do the things he has commanded us, which includes in the Bible, and be in his presence, having a right relationship with him, up and until the very end of your life and my life on earth, that is God's promise. Anybody else preaching anything else is from the kingdom of the world, which is subset of the kingdom of darkness. It has nothing to do with the kingdom of God. Praise the Lord. Read the last scripture. Romans chapter 2, verse 7. To those who by persistence in doing good seek glory, honor, and immortality, he will give eternal life. Praise the Lord. Please mark this scripture in your Bible. That's what I just summarized before. Romans chapter 2, verse 7. After having accepted, you persist in doing good. You seek God's glory, not your glory. You seek God's honor, not your honor. You seek immortality because you know he's God. He will give you eternal life. And nothing shall by any means take it from you. I can assure you of that because he that dwelleth in you is greater than everything in the world. He will see you through. If you can accept this message and accept this message and accept this message, you have no problem. But if you think that worldly prosperity is the way to go so you can now use it to bless God, you are wasting your time. You are on your way to highway to hell. Next scripture, please. First John chapter 2, verses 15 to 17. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. Praise the Lord. This scripture is always repeated, but we never take time to look at it. I'm not going to spatiate on it today because I've done so in other sermons. But to those who love the world, look at what God is telling you in the next scripture, please. Let's up, please. Romans chapter 2, verse 8. 
but he will pour out his anger and wrath on those who live for themselves, who refuse to obey the truth, and instead live lives of wickedness. Praise the Lord. You have a choice to make today. Either you choose Romans chapter 2 verse 7, or you choose Romans chapter 2 verse 8. If you love the world, God says he's going to pour his anger on you. If I love the world, God says he's going to pour his anger on me. You don't want to have the wrath of God in your life. I love you all, and I'm sure you love me too. That's why I give you this truth. I expect nothing from you but to love me as I love you and as I love Christ. And as we do, we all meet in glory. Praise the Lord. I plead with you today to stand on the promises that Christ has made. He will never fail you. He will never fail me. That's why I picked the song today. Standing on the promises of God. I'm standing on the promise of Christ my King through the eternal ages. Glory the highest to Him. I will shout and sing because I'm standing on the promises of God. You and I must stand on His promises. When we stand on the promise of God, nothing can distract us. We will be able to find a narrow path and follow through. promises of Christ that cannot fail. When the howling storms of doubt and fear sell you and I, let us remember his promises. By the living word of God, which you and I study daily, we shall prevail because we stand on the promises of God. Stand on the promises of God, my Savior. Stand. 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 And you will not fall. Standing on the promises, I cannot fall. You cannot fall. Listening every moment to the Spirit's call. As I'm walking down the path, He's whispering. Resting in the bosom of my Savior, who is my all in all. Because I'm standing on the promises of God. Stand on the promises of God. Stand on the promises of God. Lord Jesus, we will stand on the promises of your Son Jesus Christ. All who have listened today, we plead. Help us to remain standing on the promises of Christ. May our eyes never waver. May we never turn left or right. May we never be distracted. Help us, my Father, my God. Help your children who have heard this broadcast. Help them, Lord, to do everything of their lives, even though they have believed. And as they do come back, meditating in your presence, give them words, encourage them, preserve them, protect them. Above all, Lord, empower them. So when they go out to minister the word, Signs and wonders shall follow. For your words cannot go just as words. They will go in power of the Holy Spirit. Help your children, Lord. 
The enemy continues to ravage by bringing so many false doctrines. But you are God. The doctrines that conform to the world are not, are not yours. In this clash, the enemy uses the world to entice and to draw away many. But Father, you are God. We are praying. Help those that are with you, Lord, so that they do not look out to touch iniquity. Help them to stand. Help them to stand on the promises and never to fall and never to look down, but to continue to look up unto your son, Jesus, who for the joy that set before me endured the cross, that your children will also endure whatever travels they are passing through, knowing that there's a light at the end of the tunnel and that Jesus, their Lord, is waiting. Thank you, Father, for this day. Blessings, glory are all yours, O God. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Praise the Lord. We'll see you next Sunday by God's grace.